Hello and welcome to BBC News. It is a day of two important summits, with the war in Ukraine being the common theme. At the G7 gathering in Japan, world leaders met to discuss a new round of sanctions against Russia. Whilst at the Arab League meeting in Saudi Arabia, President Zelensky made a surprise visit, urging those attending to support Ukraine. Well, he told the gathering in Jeddah that on this, the 450th day of the war, the world needed to fight the virus of aggression from Moscow, stressing Kyiv would not give up any sovereign territory to achieve peace. And also making the headlines today at that summit, President Assad of Syria, the first time he's been invited to the Arab League since the devastating civil war that's blighted that country. Well, here he is, the official handshake and welcome from the Saudi Crown Prince. Well, more on Assad in a moment, more on the G7 as well. First, though, let's hear from Vladimir Zelensky. Anyone who defends his native land from invaders and anyone who defends children of his nation from enslavement, every such warrior is on the path of justice. And I'm proud to represent such warriors and the entire Ukrainian people. Ukrainians has never chosen the war. Our troops didn't go to other lands. We do not engage in annexations and plunder of other nations' resources. But we will never submit to any foreigners or colonizers. That's why we fight. And I'm sure all your nations will understand this, our main emotion. And I'm also sure all your nations will understand the main call. I want to live here in Jeddah. A noble call to all of you to help protect our people. Well, that was President Zelensky in the last uh, couple of hours. Let's head straight to our Middle East correspondent, Samir Hashmi. He's there at that uh, gathering. And Samir, let's start with Vladimir Zelensky, what he said, that surprise uh, visit, uh, a really strong plea he made in that speech, saying to all of those countries gathered there, uh, none of you would actually consider giving away a third of your country to make peace. So absolutely no concession uh, from him in terms of any moves that might be around the fringes to try to uh, get Ukraine to somehow uh, make a negotiated peace settlement. Well, that's right, Matthew. It was a very strong speech. And yes, it was a surprise visit. No one knew until this morning that he is coming. The spotlight was on uh, President Bashar al-Assad. And then suddenly the news came in that uh, he, uh, President Zelensky will be speaking at the summit. Uh, some of the points which you mentioned, yes, uh, some, uh, he highlighted uh, those points during the speech. But I think one of the points that really stuck out was when he, sent, when he said that there are some in the world and some sitting here who have turned a blind eye to Russia and its atrocities. I think that was this really sharp comment, a strong comment that came out during the course of his speech. Because remember, in the Arab League, there are many countries that have adopted a neutral stance where they have not taken any sides in this war. In fact, some of the countries, including host Saudi Arabia, share a close relationship with Russia. They work. They've been working pretty closely with them as far as oil cooperation goes. And that is why President Zelensky wanted to use this platform to reach out to the wider Arab world world and ask them to play a more active role and to condemn the actions by Russia. Whether he succeeds or not is a different issue, but he definitely used uh, this platform to make that pitch. And of course, as you said, he uh, made it very clear 
that Ukraine will not submit, it will not make any compromises, and territorial integrity is of utmost importance. Uh, he also thanked Saudi Arabia during the speech for its role in uh, getting Ukrainian prisoners released from Russia and also appreciated Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's call that Saudi Arabia would like to play a role of a mediator between Russia and Ukraine. And I think that is what President Zelensky is hoping to achieve through this trip because he knows that Crown, the Crown Prince has a good relation to President Putin. They have been working closely when it comes to oil cooperation. So he does have leverage and can play a crucial role if he wants to uh, as far as negotiations go. Samir, I said there in the introduction, of course, a lot of focus at that gathering also on President Assad. He's been speaking in the last little while and I suppose had a really depressing message for the West, simply saying the world has actually moved on. Yes, I mean, this is a very significant moment for President uh, Assad. He's making, he's, this is the first time he's appeared at the summit in 12 years. He was, the Syria's membership was suspended in 2011 after Assad, President Assad's regime cracked down against uh, peaceful demonstrators in Syria. And it's taken really more than a decade for them to reinstate Syria. So from President Assad's point of view, this is a diplomatic victory. The fact that he's back into the Arab fold. Uh, during that speech, yes, he did make a point about building a new world order and also pointing that Arab countries need to work together. And the reason for conflicts in this region is because there have, has been disunity and cracks within this group. Let's hear what he said during that speech. Due to the hegemony of the West, which is devoid of ethics and friends, we have an historic opportunity to rearrange our affairs with the least intervention of the West and the foreign forces in order to have our place in this new world effectively. So that was President Assad uh, making, uh, you know, his first speech at the Arab summit in more than a decade and making it amply clear that the world is ready to move on, as Matthew were referring in that speech. Samir, thanks very much. More from you a little later in the programme. Let's head from there straight to Kyiv and our diplomatic correspondent, James Landale. James, you were listening to all of that. You've been watching President Zelensky as he arrived there in Jeddah for that uh, surprise visit to that meeting. What do you think he's trying to achieve here? Oh, it's very simple. He wants to win his argument. Uh, one of the great failures of Ukraine and the West over this war now that, uh, as he made clear, is you know, well over a year old, uh, is the failure of, of all the West and Ukraine to convince many countries in the Arab world, many countries in the global south, that what has happened is wrong. Uh, the argument has been made that uh, an imperial power has aggressively intervened and invaded a neighbour. And Mr Zelensky and other Western powers have said, you know what, that matters to everybody in the world. And that argument has largely fallen on deaf ears. Most Arab countries have sat very firmly with a, a severely painful fence between their legs throughout this war. In fact, Saudi Arabia has at times been criticised by the West for, uh, in effect, supporting Russia by refusing to uh, sell more oil into the global markets, thus keeping Russia's oil and gas prices pretty high. Uh, so Mr Zelensky is there simply to try to reverse that, to try to make that case and say, look, you, the, he said specifically in his speech, the days of empires invading 
is over. You Arab countries would not like to give up a third of your countries to an invading aggressor. Therefore, nor do we. Therefore, I want your support as much as possible. So there's a sort of rhetorical diplomatic support he wants. More prosaically, in the future, as and when there is any kind of political settlement to this war, he knows that he will need money from elsewhere to help rebuild this country, and he'll be looking to the Gulf and to Arab countries as much as anybody else for that. And I suppose that's why he repeated that line about uh, none of you wanting to uh, give away a third of your country. In terms of Saudi Arabia, of course, we're seeing this in Jeddah. Absolutely intriguing what is going on there diplomatically with a whole variety of moves. We've had that offer again to help broker peace on Ukraine. We've seen moves recently on Iran, Yemen, Sudan. What, what is your assessment in terms of the Saudi role? Well, the Saudis uh, want to come back in from the cold. They uh, have had difficult relations with the United States in recent years. Uh, there's, and there's a pattern going on. The Saudis are making nice with the Iranians. They've realized that the scale of the tensions uh, between those two countries were having really negative impacts throughout the region. Uh, and as you say, yes, uh, Mr. MBS, the, the leader of, uh, of uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the de facto leader, I should say, uh, is keen to play a mediating role, he said today, um, as much as you know, the South Africans are trying to play a mediating role, as much as the, the Chinese are trying to play a mediating role. It's one of the things that has puzzled me about this war is how long it has taken for other countries to realize that there is uh, a political advantage in claiming to be the peacemaker, to claiming to be the country that could mediate, mediate between these two sides. The one country that has at least attempted it uh, is Turkey. Uh, President Erdogan has spoken to both sides at their earlier stages of this war. But the reality is this, uh, until either side in this war believe that fighting will no longer uh, further their aims, uh, there isn't going to be much space for any kind of diplomacy and talking. So uh, Saudi Arabia can say they can mediate as much as they want. They can mediate in the future, as they have done before, perhaps on um, very specific issues such as prisoner transfers and things like that. But in terms of the bigger picture, you know, I think we'll see it'll be a long time before any outside power starts really shaping the dial on the diplomacy here in Ukraine. James Landale there in Kyiv. Thanks very much for the latest where you are.